0: welcome to episode 2 of the we're not experts podcast
1: when harry met sally is the episode title for episode 2 i'm emily i'm bill Today we're going to talk a little bit about kind of those initial first chats um, when you're meeting someone new online and then setting up the perfect first date. And then we're going to end the episode with a few stories from friends and fans who have sent in some good, well, I don't know about good, some bad date stories. So we'll be reading a few of those at the end. So initial chats.
0: I think this is good because... I have very much experience sending these chats. <laughs> and so I'll have opinions on how to send them, and you'll be able to say whether or not you would like it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. And you, let's see. So you referred to your initial chats as your outbound marketing.
0: <laughs> My outbound marketing. And
1: that's how you think of this.
0: I did a lot of outbound marketing, and I think that's an important thing to, to note for the fellas out there, or really anybody you're just sending a quick hello, and if they don't answer back, it's nothing personal. It's just outbound marketing to somebody else.
1: <laughs> yeah, what is the? Um, it's like sending. I don't know what the statistics are anymore, but when you send like a mailer for a business, you can send like a thousand, you'll get like one back.
0: Oh, I have almost a thirty percent response rate
1: from mailers.
0: No, not from mailers. <laughs> <laughs> from my outbound marketing. It's pretty good. And it goes in stages. Uh, And for me, I have like different ones, you know, depending on what their profile is. I kind of try to match with their with the theme of like if they're funny in their profile, I'll try to send them a funny one and have a good history of either. They love my message or I think it scares them.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Do they ever respond and say, like, you're too much? I don't
0: think so. But you told me my messages were a little bit much when we first started chatting. Yes. Yeah. They were. Yeah. Um, That doesn't surprise me, but...
1: And we met... So we met on Bumble, um, which I don't know um, how familiar people are. The difference between Bumble and, like, Tinder, which is the other platform that I primarily used, um, they're both very similar you're basically just matching with people based on pictures Um, on both platforms you swipe left or right based on whether or not you want to talk to a person or um, I guess see if they want to match with you on both platforms you both have to say yes in order to be able to talk to each other which is kind of nice because the first time I did online dating they weren't around those two platforms weren't around and using OkCupid you just get flooded with messages from people you don't want to talk to and don't want to hear from Uh, So, Tinder was nice because I probably swiped one out of every 50 people, maybe. Maybe one out of every, like, 100 people. I said no to a lot of people. Um, and then you get, once someone else says yes to you, you get matched. So, um, Bill and I met on Bumble and the difference between Bumble and Tinder is on Bumble. Um, women have to send the first message, which I was like, Oh, equality, quality. That's so great. And then I realized like, I hate it. And you have like a really tight time limit too. It's like 24 hours. So I just sit there thinking like, Ugh.
0: yeah. And you guys are so bad at messaging. I actually have <laughs> in my profile what to say to me because y'all don't know. And then, like, the final option that you can pick is just say, hey.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I didn't do that. I said something kind of funny. Um, I think I said, you said that you like the banter and sassy people. And I said I was really sassy, which is true.
0: I do like the sass.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So that was something that I picked out of his profile. And that's kind of what I tried to do and had limited, limited success with. I think I also scared people, too. Um, I remember somebody was wearing car hearts in one of their pictures and I was like, car hearts. I love car hearts. I wear car overalls on the weekend all the time. And he was like, okay. And I was like, all right, well, this went well. Talk to you never. But that is
0: a very good example of you've just weeded out somebody who is not a good fit.
1: Right. Because they don't think I'm funny.
0: Well, yeah. Like, I would have liked that one.
1: (laughs) Good. Um, I guess, and... It's interesting, like, we have differing opinions on, um, so when you're messaging online, I think a lot of people are nervous about kind of what to say and how to get, just even how to get a profile started. Um, I really liked Tinder and Bumble because it's so simple. Your profile is a really limited length. Um, it's almost like a Twitter um, a Twitter profile or a tweet where you're limited on characters to, I don't know, it's like 500 characters? I can't remember. Um, but really short, so you really can't, like, turn your profile into this big novel about yourself. Um, just a couple quick things. You'll notice, like, what guys say and kind of tailor your um, profile based on what everybody else seems to have. And um, And then you just have a few photos, and that's kind of it. You don't have to put a lot of thought into it. Um, It connects with your Facebook, so it pulls a lot of your interests, and you can see mutual interests when you match with people. It also pulls mutual friends, which can be kind of awkward. And then um, it pulls your age and whatever else, um, your first name. So that part's really easy. Um, Once you start matching with people... On Tinder, you can, if you're, I mean, I guess either gender, looking for any gender, you can wait and see if they'll message you. Um, there's kind of a queue of people that you've matched with, but, you know, saying hi to somebody with something, something under a sentence, I would say, is probably the best way to go. Not put out a weird vibe right away with like, I feel like people that send really long messages are instant no's for me.
0: mm yeah, I don't know. Maybe for you, I, I've had I've had good luck with both. Um, I definitely try to pick out something specific because I don't want it to be. I'm not. Gonna, I'm never going to be the guy. I don't think I send one message that said "Hey." Sure. I never. I never did that. But sometimes you can do about a paragraph that's equivalent to "Hey," that, you know, you pull a couple interesting things out of the profile. Um, I'll ask. I'll try to ask a question, maybe about one of the lesser things that I think that maybe some people wouldn't notice, like if they had in the pictures they had a shirt on. You know, um, I noticed you had a whatever band shirt on. Um, I saw them, in you know, whatever year at whatever location. Um, something that something that's unique is people will really like it. Or if they have a travel picture that's taken in a place that I've been to, um, often I can often I can figure out where it was just by the look of it, or I'll just take a guess. And sometimes it's right, and sometimes it's wrong. And that that's sometimes a conversation starter too.
1: Yeah, I think the key for me was um, when people paid attention to details um, and picked stuff out of what is a really short profile that they should be reading anyway um, and would mention something that I drew attention to because obviously felt like was important, was a big part of my life or something. And I don't know, I kind of went back and forth. For a while, my profile was really, really salty <laughs> and people either got it or and thought it was funny or like really didn't like it. Um, which kind of weeded out the riffraff right away, because if they didn't think it was funny, like, I don't think they would like speaking to me in person.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's on the edge, it's on the edge when I met you. Sure. I was like, definitely like, hmm.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And there's definitely people that have profiles that you're just like, absolutely not, um, A lot of people, I don't know why, you were right on the border, use a lot of emojis in their profiles. I
0: have one.
1: You have one emoji. One
0: wine glass in my profile. That is not excessive emoji use.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It was a red, orange flag. Um, But there's people that their whole profile is emojis, except like their height or something, um, which is another thing we don't need to get into. But it's like, come on, you're an adult, like, use your words. Even if you don't have that many of them,
0: yeah, so know. you you like Tinder and Bumble for the exact reason I don't like it. I had much better luck on OKCupid okay because there's so much more, and I also like to look at look at the questions because once in a while you get a you get a question that said because you have to with OKCupid okay you have to answer or you don't have to, but you can you have the option to answer a bunch of questions, so they'll present you with a question which is smaller, the Earth or the Sun, and once in a while you'll get someone who answered with the Earth. <laughs> And you're like oh, or um, is homosexuality a sin? Right. And so that was a deal breaker for me too. Like you know, if, if you answered yes, I was probably going to look elsewhere.
1: <laughs> right. Or hopefully Oof. should
0: should you you know should every American own a gun? Would that be safer? <laughs> and if if they answered yes, it was definitely a question mark.
1: Yeah. Well, and it has you um, it has you rank how important those things are to you as well, which helps with their algorithm, which. We don't need to get into, um,
0: but in general they had more in their profile to work with because it, they'd have, you know, a lot of people would have pretty lengthy profiles. It could be like a page long sure. and there's enough and they like something in there would speak to you as something you've got experience with. Otherwise it's just like, I like tennis or, you know, Tinder profiles can be nothing. And, and then you're just, you know, you're just, uh, answering to a picture so like with okay cupid if somebody didn't put a profile in sometimes i didn't know what to say to him so i just make up a backstory for (laughs) him
1: would you write them their backstory Uh uh-huh oh boy
0: yeah uh mixed results (laughs) uh, i think i'd have to i'd have to go find it again but um one gal you know was it was a whole story about her parents were in the CIA, and first they lived in Louisiana, and then they moved, and and uh, she initially answered back, but um, we never ended up going out. And I think I did that twice, and because sometimes I would just write the messages if they made me laugh, I was happy, and I didn't really care if they responded. <laughs> so it definitely uh, so lowered my times. tally of <laughs> lowered my tally of responses. Oh yeah, but I think
1: don't uh, you have a response rate on OKCupid? Is no, that right? Okay. I don't think so. I feel like it is somewhere, because I had, like, a 2%. Like, I'd respond to, like, 2% of messages.
0: Oh, there used to be. It used to say yeah. how... For, for you, like, like if I was messaging you, there used to be a thing that... Um, I think it was color-coded that said, yeah. you know, how, off, how frequently right. you respond to people.
1: Not often. Right. I just don't like getting unsolicited messages. And I think a lot of like a lot of, I, I don't know, I got two or three messages on Tinder that I really didn't like. Like I immediately blocked the person. I didn't write them back. There was someone I wrote back cause it was just so disgusting. I was like, do you like, what's wrong with you? Why are you doing this? Um, and that's way lessened when you have to spend the time to look at a person's pictures and read their profile and tr- kind of make a judgment call and decide if you think initially they look like they're going to be weird or not. Um, You know, there were a lot of people that uh, all you needed was a picture. You really didn't want an okay Cupid sized profile of that person. Um, You know, whether it was the guy with the ginormous chest tattoo of a Confederate flag or someone with a crazy, uh, what was it? He had a shower curtain that looked like hands with like blood running down them. And then like he was, had his face painted like the joker but the the kicker was he took a selfie in the mirror in the bathroom and that was the automatic out for me um so anyway those people i don't care to read their profiles i'll just say no
0: yeah bathroom selfies we we, we don't need them either gender um, no just skip them yeah um but i think the other thing so we talked about you know like i would i like you said i would just pick something unique about their profile and keep it keep it a little bit short um and
1: and i uh, think just judging it's a it's a back and forth so if they're you know making their responses a little bit longer you can make yours a little bit longer um that's always weird too if like you say hey how's it going and they say like send back like a huge paragraph right away um it seems like you kind of it's tit for tat you need to pay attention to how they're responding and kind of um, how they're choosing to write you back and not that's a going good point. too crazy in, in
0: length, but also in message quantity. So I think we've both had experiences where, um, you'll send one message and they'll send you five. And I, I, for me, I had one where, um, she very quickly asked me if, if I wanted to go out and I said, sure. Cause I'll have coffee with anybody. You never know, like you can't, I don't, I found that, that their profiles are not representative of who you actually meet. So when I start talking to somebody, my immediate goal is to go have coffee with them. And then that decides whether or not I want a second date. You know, I can find out more in five minutes about somebody that I can in exchanging, you know, weeks of messages with somebody, phone calls, whatever. I, it's just, it's not wasteful, but it's not useful in the same way as, as a meetup in person So we quickly decided that we were going to meet up and then we were still messaging a little bit. And usually once we have a meet set, I don't, I don't spend a lot of time messaging because I don't feel like I can make it any better. Like you already have the meet set. And there's always that chance that you're going to say something that hits them in the wrong way. And they'll be like, well, I'm pretty busy on Friday. (laughs) So I, I kind of just, as soon as we've got a a meetup scheduled, I'm just like, all right, I'll I'll see you then. And I kind of, I go a little quieter. And she was messaging me multiple times during the day. Then I think she texted me to my phone and yeah, so she we were messaging, we were already texting and then she messaged me back on the app. And I when I got home, I just messaged her and I said you know, it's a little bit like a game of tennis. When somebody throws a tennis ball at you or uh, hits a tennis ball to you, you have to wait for them to hit it back. Because if you hit another tennis ball, it can feel very overwhelming. And all of a sudden, you've got six <laughs> tennis balls. You're like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, coming from different directions. You know, yeah. my phone. The That's just to
1: app. lay down and die.
0: And uh, and so I, I did write her uh, as gentle of a message as I could back to say, don't do that. <laughs> 'Cause it 'cause it, it killed it for me, like I didn't want to meet up after that. Um it just it just came across as too needy and I didn't I wasn't ready for that. And she was nice about it. Did you meet her? I didn't. I didn't because too many messages.
1: Yeah. Cut it off. And I think there's a good balance between um I think it's commonly referred to as becoming a pen pal, where you meet somebody on one of these um platform sites and talk to them for I mean, it's different for everybody, I suppose, but, you know, a length of time before you meet them, you become a pen pal. And I think that there is, like, some some niceness to that and some kind of, like, building rapport with people and, like, hearing some stories and stuff that's cool. Um, in most senses, you have, I think, what you said is true, that, like, you learn so much more in person, and it's easier to say, you know, hey we matched or whatever, started talking on a Tuesday, let's meet on a Friday. Then like, let's just talk inevitably forever. And yeah, I've had,
0: know. I've had some matches that seem like it builds trust to have some message exchanges. Mm-hmm. I think that the quality of trust that you build in online messaging is very low.
1: Yeah. Oh, for sure.
0: And so I've even, I've even said, you know, it, I'd, I'm happy to keep messaging for you know a period if you need that to feel comfortable about meeting but my goal is to meet um, right and I'm I'm not I'm not really into being pen pal so if if you don't ever want to meet then it's probably not a good fit right and that'd be
1: weird what if someone was literally just looking for like a pen pal
0: yeah well, I mean, I
1: have pen pals.
0: I, th- I would say 50-50 on that, whether, you know, that sometimes it's a conversation ender because they want to just keep chatting. and Yeah. And I mean, it takes a long time to come up with witty stuff to say and things that are humorous. And um,
1: And I do think too, like the couple times where I felt like I chatted for a while before I met someone, like whether it was our schedules didn't quite align and we couldn't meet up for a while or for whatever reason, it just didn't come up to set a date. Um, when I d- did finally meet them, it did not go well. And it was like, Oh, uh, this is a huge letdown. Cause it was like, Oh, we really built up like this funny, like relationship type thing during the weeks or whatever before. And then I meet them and immediately I'm like, Nope.
0: I had a very, this is why I don't do that. Um, when I first started online dating, um, there was a gal um and she lived pretty far away and she messaged me about um travel and what countries I'd been to. And uh so she asked about that and um we started chatting and uh ultimately we started talking on the phone and I would say it was at least three weeks before we met, maybe a month. And I really liked her from the phone and our message exchanges. She was really nice and we sort of opened up about Personal things in our lives. And then um, we met, uh, she took a ferry to where we were, and I picked her up at the ferry. And as soon as I saw her, she didn't match the pictures. And um, it was very disappointing because I wanted to like her a lot because she was really nice. And to just, you know, sort of invest that emotional energy and then realize that there's no physical chemistry. I think was sad for both of us. So that's probably one of the big reasons I don't do it anymore.
1: What is your ideal first date or what's the setup that you prefer?
0: For me, I want something where I can hear because if it's too loud, I can't hear, but not too quiet because you don't want everybody else over here that you're on a first date necessarily. Cause that's, it doesn't make me feel super awkward, but I think it can make the person that I'm with feel awkward because I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Been there, done that. Don't care.
0: Well, I know, like, there's not much at stake with this. Like, you're just going out for a drink and having a good time. And uh, there's no reason to, like, get all worked up about it. Because if it's supposed to work out, it will. And no need to put a ton of extra emotional energy into forcing things that aren't meant to be. Also, I think... Something there's not too many people right next to you because it's it adds another element of complexity if you've got somebody two feet away from you that can hear everything. Oh, we met online, <laughs> it feels uh less than ideal to me. How about you?
1: I think my number one rule is keep it really simple. Um, I think it's important to do. And I think we have similar ideas of doing something that is quick, so like a drink or coffee. Um, I don't do meals with people initially, usually, um, and I like to keep it somewhere that um, somewhere that I've probably been before, and I kind of know the vibe and like know how to get there. Um, I like to kind of have those things planned out ahead of time, and I think like I have a lot of social anxiety, and that helps me, like, knowing where I'm going and, like, what, you know, where to sit, and I have some idea of what that whole setup is going to look like. Not that I wouldn't go somewhere new, um, but that's helpful for me. I do think, like, picking places that aren't super loud or super quiet or have too many people, um, I think basically community tables, which you're describing is, like, worst case scenario for a first date. (laughs) Like, it could be funny, but with the right person, but I think most of the time it would just be, like, really... Terrible.
0: Chow time, not the best place for a first date. <laughs>
1: um I think
0: it'd be okay for a second date. But sure. For a first one for introductions and
1: too much. Yeah. I had a friend who had a great um a great way she did it, which was she would show up like half an hour ahead of time or maybe even more, and she'd always go to drinks and she would show up and have one drink ahead of time. Because um, one thing that I think especially women fixate on is who's going to pay. So she would be there, she would have a drink and she would not like finish it. So it's still sitting there when they got there and she'd open a tab. So if they wanted to pay for her second round, they could, but she already had a tab open and it wasn't awkward for her to just order another drink on her tab. Um, I think like we, uh, I think about that a lot and think about, I don't know, all the different awkward scenarios. It always works out fine. Um, but there's a lot of those like things that you stress out about ahead of time that end up not really mattering.
0: Yeah. For me, like it's different for a woman, but for, for me, the payment thing, like I just say at the end of the thing, I'd like to pay unless that bothers you. And then it gives them the out to say if they want to pay for themselves, because it doesn't create an expectation for me, but I don't want that awkward pause of like, how are we splitting this up? Blah, 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 blah.
1: I'd rather just pay. Sure. You had a funny way with me because I think you knew I was a pretty loud and out, strong, independent woman <laughs> on my profile, and I think you um, you waited till I went to the restroom and you paid while I was gone. And when you when I came back, you said, "I already paid. I don't want to hear about the patriarchy." And it was funny, and I thought it was funny mostly because um, I felt like you knew I would think it was funny, (laughs) which I did.
0: (laughs) I didn't actually know if you'd think it was funny. (laughs) (laughs)
1: That could have been the beginning of the end. Well. But it was funny.
0: I think it's part of not caring too much, because either you were going to think it was funny or you weren't. Right. And with you, you don't telegraph emotions at all. I had no idea if you liked me until the very end of the date, uh, and then I knew you liked me. But up until then, it just almost doesn't matter. Like, just being who I am is the most important thing to me on the date. And if you like that person, then we're in business. And if you don't, well, good to know.
1: Right. I think that that's something that I think um, a lot of people, and I think especially people that are starting to date for the first time or are nervous about dating, haven't dated a lot, whatever... Um, have some kind of anxiety or nervousness around either starting to date again or continuing to date, um, in a more kind of forward facing fashion. And especially I think getting online. So you're meeting people that it's not a friend of a friend. It's not a blind date from a coworker. It's just complete strangers. I think people get really nervous. And I think, um, the thing to remember, uh, and what I always tried to like pump myself up is like, you have to be your true self on these dates. Um, you can't pretend to be someone you're not. you can't you know give off weird vibes or whatever. um you just have to be you, and that's just kind of all all I think about
0: said that um triggered my memory is that the one thing that does stress me out on a date if I do it is if I show up late, I don't like to be rushed. So if I'm like, if I have a date, I try to be on time and if I'm trying to rush like the last little bit to make sure that I'm not late because I I just, for me, I feel like that makes a really bad impression the first time that, Oh, I'm going to show up, you know, eight minutes late. (laughs) Um, I don't mind being on time if we say eight and I'm there exactly at eight. That's cool with me. Um, and I'll usually send a text and say I'm out front in a blue hat or whatever. And then you also said the time limit. I usually usually tell people part of the way in. I'm like, oh, I usually just do one drink or I have an hour. You don't have a hard and fast rule, but I try to stick to that, even if the date's going pretty well. Let me stick to that because I feel like it goes better if you leave the first date on a promising note than going too long. And then the next date, I feel like they're looking forward to hanging out with you and getting to know you better. So I like that.
1: And I have The opposite opinion, where I'm usually three to five minutes late for everything, so I tend to show up late for dates because I don't want them to anticipate me being on time for things ever again. I used to be a very timely person, but I think between living in the town we live in for so long and my best friend always being 20 minutes late to everything, I just don't really care anymore so I make a point to be a couple minutes late so that they know what to expect. You were and there usually, before me. Yeah, usually people are there. You were super late. Usually people are there before or later than I am, which I think is funny. I'm usually like two to five minutes late and people are like anywhere from ten to five minutes later than that or whatever. It's pretty funny. Um, but I think it's like all of that is like either can be calculated or you can just choose not to think about it. You can just show up when it, when you show up and not worry about it or you can you know, kind of set expectations for the getting on. Like, I will not be on time. Well, I think for FYI. gals, it's
0: it's not a bad idea to be there um, a little bit late. And then you walk up and you see the person you're not standing around waiting for them. They're waiting for you. And I don't I don't know exactly why that feels like a better scenario to me from if I was a gal, that's the way I would do it. But as a yeah. guy,
1: keep on waiting. I I guess
0: <laughs> I, I I feel like. People feel comfortable with me pretty easily, and I think them approaching you is is a safer thing than you coming up to them, even though it's a small thing. Having somebody voluntarily walk up to you, even though they know it's you, right? I think is a better, feels like a better scenario to me.
1: Yeah, and one thing that we talk about a lot is um, safety on dates, and I am um, a huge fan of the podcast, My Favorite Murder, and the motto of My Favorite Murder, the podcast, which if you haven't heard of it, it's amazing. Um, But their kind of catchphrase is stay sexy, don't get murdered. And one of their other catchphrases is fuck politeness. And I think like that has gone pretty viral in that community of people that listen to that podcast. But I think the message there holds true. And I think about it a lot when I was online dating, where especially as women, you know, we're kind of cultured to Um, if someone offers you like, even uh, to pick you up for the date, um, it's like, oh, what a nice gesture. Like, that's so great. You know, please pick me up. Um, I would never have someone pick me up for a date. Um, I don't go to locations that I don't know how to get there. I don't know kind of what the parking situation is going to be like. I usually have one drink on a date, um, for that reason so that I can leave when I'm done. Um, and I don't have to worry about kind of waiting it out or trying to get an Uber or whatever. Um, and I think with, uh, especially in, I can't imagine in a larger city how hard it would be, but, um, even here, just kind of planning that whole logistical thing down, um, ahead of time. I think, you know, my main rules are I always drive myself. Um, so they don't know where I live. I... try not to go to a second location. Um, and if we do go somewhere, um, you know, if drinks go well and they want to keep hanging out, like we'll walk to another bar or something. Um, I don't go back to people's houses. Uh, and for me, like, that's what makes me comfortable. I think it's different for everybody, but I think I've had a lot of conversations with people where they're like, man, you know, my, my intuition told me not to do this or not to go there and nothing bad happened, but I probably, I really shouldn't have done that. And I think, you know we want to be polite we want to say yes we want to if they offer to take us somewhere to go with them um but i think you know you're under no um you know no obligation to do anything with anyone at any time um and another thing i've done since college um is i always have the the name of where i'm going kind of what the plan is for the night the name of the person i'm meeting up with and i let a friend know and I say, Hey, can you check in at nine or can you check in at 10? And if I haven't checked in, like, can you keep checking in until I text you back? Um, because if I don't text you back, like it's a problem. Um, and that has helped me feel better about going on dates. Um, just as somebody that worries a lot and worries about other people. Um, I've done this for a lot of people as well. I have a couple of girlfriends that I did this for in college and they did it for me. Um, and I think it helped all of us kind of breathe a sigh of relief that, you know, someone's going to text you at nine. And if if something's happened or something's not going very well, like they're going to know about it and they can help you. Um, I've luckily never had to do anything with any of that for myself or for anybody else, but I think it's nice just to have someone know kind of what you're doing and where you're going. Um, and then the other thing, which we talked about in the first podcast is, um, People at the end of a date, um, you know, I'll let people walk me to my car like that's fine. Um, I always get a lot of, uh, you know, someone wants to give me a hug, which is also fine. Uh, but then they always ask about the next date. Uh, and it's so awkward to end a date, you know, walk me to my car. It's late. It's in the dark. And.
0: Uh... A lot are rules for your dates? <laughs> what I can tell you from the other side is most people don't do that almost none of those things have i ever encountered that you know that i've experienced in my own experience like sure even the continual texting like you just can't you can't hide that like right there's not there's not been i, I think almost ever that i've had any of those i like to think that it's a sign of um me giving off a very trustworthy vibe <laughs> but i think <laughs> at least some of it is people not making wise decisions on a first date. And I, I think, I, I think it's not to be underestimated, you know, maybe a story for a later podcast. Um, I had a date with this gal and she was telling me about, uh, a date where she went and on her first date, she went and picked the guy up to take him somewhere. Anyway, she went to his house and it was a very uncomfortable situation. And like, basically he had a mental health issue and i was like how did you extract yourself from that situation and i thought the way she did it was really great she just said i've misjudged the situation i have to go and i i think it's very clear what's happening and he was very oh no wait and she's like i have to go yeah and i think that's a very good way to handle it because you're not being um pushy or rude, but you're also not engaging in the, let's negotiate you staying in this crazy situation.
1: Right. And that's the other thing I think, um, I've never been in a situation where it was any more than like kind of boring or uncomfortable. Um, you know, like I have pretty immediate judgments on people just in general, but on dates, it's like within a few minutes I can decide if I want to spend more time with this person, um, or potentially keep seeing this person.
0: What do they say within the first five minutes, you know? Yeah. It's not very long. It's like
1: twenty five seconds. I can figure it out, but I think a lot of times it's instant, and then it's like, oh, now I have to sit here and have a drink with this person, Um, which is fine. But I think there's never been a situation where I felt uncomfortable enough that I did feel like I needed to call it. Um, But I think giving yourself the permission to do something like that is really important. And I think you know, before each date, just knowing like, hey if this isn't going well, like I can go home. And I think a lot of that is making those smart decisions, like driving yourself or like knowing you can get an Uber home or whatever, having a friend on standby to come get you. But just setting yourself up that no matter what the situation is, like you can get yourself out of it and you can be safe. Um, Cause I think that just the unknown is um, what's hard for people. Or what's hard for a lot of people.
0: One of the things that um, I heard early on about dating that I really liked is as soon as you realize that you're with the wrong person, you're not doing anybody any favors by staying in the relationship. And that can be in the first five minutes of your date. Right. I personally would, in, unless the date is going really badly, if it's never happened, I think probably my shortest date's been like 45 minutes. Because I I don't want them to feel like there's some big red flag that I had, like I'm unsafe with them.
1: Oh my gosh. I can
0: sit and have a drink with them and burn up 45 minutes and say, okay, well, you know, it's great meeting you and we'll check in later or whatever.
1: Yeah. I have the best story with this. I have to cut in. I um, hire folks for my team at work and I was doing an interview with someone at a coffee shop in Seattle. We were hiring for our Seattle office and we were sitting there for probably, I don't know, at least 15 minutes just kind of chatting like really, like, talking about the business, talking about the role, just really good back and forth, she interrupted me, like, mid-sentence, and she's like, I'm sorry, I can't do this, I need to leave, I gotta go, I gotta go, I'm getting a vibe, I can't do this, I gotta go, I can't change careers, like, this isn't for me, I gotta go, and I was like, all right, what? What? And I felt so weird. Like, I immediately was like, what have I done? And I wasn't... At the time, I hadn't interviewed a ton of people. And I was like, I did something weird. Oh, my God. I'm going to get fired. Like, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. And I went back to the office and I was so freaked out. Because she just, like, packed up her stuff, like, grabbed her coffee and, like, bolted for the door. It was, like, shell-shocked. It was the most bizarre thing. And I remember thinking, like... That was super weird. It would be a hundred times weirder if someone did that on a date. (laughs) Like, unless someone's being, like, just so over the top crazy that you just can't sit there and deal with it, just, like, suffer through the drink. Like, you know, they need the... And I think in a lot of senses, like, I've been out with a lot of people where it wasn't going to happen for me, but I felt like, you know, I'm a nice person. I can sit here and have a conversation with them. Like, maybe I can gently guide them to do something that would, like, make this better next time. Um, somebody I went out with had a terrible haircut, like the worst haircut I've ever seen. And he did a weird kind of one eighty in the conversation. Whenever there was like a small pause, he would just like flip it in a completely different directions. And one of those flips was he blurted out, what do you think of my hair? And I blurted out, I think it's terrible. And I was like, I would cut your hair. Like, this is so bad. (laughs) It was like beyond, it was so bad. Um, and I felt a little bad about it, but I was, and he goes, no one will tell me these things. I was like, clearly, cause your hair is just miserable. And I was like, I know I'm never going to see you again, but hopefully you get a haircut. And like, hopefully this helps you a little bit.
0: Ouch. Brutal honesty. <laughs> that is not very Pacific Northwesty.
1: No, no. I'm secretly from, I don't know, Yonkers or something.
0: <laughs> All right, Tina, what's up next?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, now we're gonna read a horror story um, from someone that submitted one. In a series of what I hope is a lot of bad date stories, is from my friend Maddie. How
0: about just interesting date stories? Sure, but also <laughs> have to be bad. Yeah,
1: but also bad dates are funny too. Um, Okay, so, hi, my name is Maddie. I'm 27 now. My first ever internet date was in 2013, right after I had gotten out of a longer, pretty serious relationship. While I was in that relationship, the real internet dating boom happened. So after I break up, I jumped on OkCupid and Tinder and all that. After being inundated with creepy messages, why so many dick pics? I started talking to this guy on OkCupid. We'll call him Bob. Bob seemed like a nice guy. We texted about movies and music for a bit, and we agreed to meet up at a brewery in town. I proceeded to creep on his profile to learn everything about him, but he only had two photos, obviously from the same MacBook photo booth session. Anyways, I was walking up to the brewery, and this guy outside, and the guy is outside. My stomach drops. This was before I knew what catfishing was, but there was so much of that going on. Bob listed himself as six foot one online, and yet in the flesh he didn't come up to my chin. I'm barely five foot five. The webcam's filter definitely cleared up his complexion. He didn't seem to have the style he implied online. Note, I probably still would have gone on a date with him if he had been honest about his appearance, but it was such a red flag for him to lie about it, I actually felt really mad. I should have left at that moment, but it was my first internet date. I couldn't leave now. The date itself was really meh. After the first beer, I was ready to go. While I was using the restroom and psyching myself up to end the date, he ordered a pitcher of beer that I didn't even like. As we were leaving, it's obvious Bob enjoyed the date much more than me. So when we were going to separate ways, I, I say that it was nice to meet him, eh. But he leans in to kiss me. It's November in the Pacific Northwest, so I was wearing a giant scarf. He was shorter than I was. The kiss was blocked. Thank you, universe. And it just ended up getting a, he just ended up getting a full face of scarf, and I had a very awkward view. I then lied about where my bus was and ran away, never to hear or see him again, and thus ended my first internet date and the worst date ever.
0: Uh, fellas, first date kisses, there has to be significant indication of <laughs> chemistry for that. I had a date with a girl who told me that once a guy came up and kissed her full on the mouth in their first, like, that was the handshake. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh my god. <laughs> what is wrong with people? Uh, just behave yourselves I will <laughs> say there's a fine line between I've had people on a first date do a handshake coming in going like that's really weird I mean you can greet with a handshake I suppose but after you meet with someone if you want to see them again you can give them a hug
0: just about a nice fist bump
1: yeah there you go a good elbow <laughs> knock people are so bizarre well, sorry you got catfished, Maddie. Um, hopefully you had further internet dates that were not as unsuccessful. Um, reminder, you can send in all your date stories, good, bad, whatever, to hello at we're not experts.com. Um, You can also just uh, send them to us on Instagram. We're at we're not experts. Um, this is a great episode, too. And... We look forward to seeing Ooh, you. All.
0: How Donald Trump, who just created <laughs> our own episode, best <laughs> podcast ever. The best. The crowd was the biggest yeah. for this podcast.
1: Unprecedented, Unprecedented. crowd size. <laughs> yes, bigger than Obama's. Anyway, we'll see you for episode three. Thanks for listening.
0: Oh, you know when it feels right.